Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. Tim Allman here with Jake Bessling, and this is part two of Reframation. You are a leader, and eternities are changed because you're hanging out with us today. If you missed part one, please go back and take a look at it. If you don't have the book, you can pick it up. This is a book called Reframation by Alan Hirsch, Mark Nelson. Really, really good stuff. To summarize the first of four Two points, actually, from last uh, last podcast is there has been a reduction in the way we view God. The way you view God is most likely too small. Have you put him into a box? Have you confined him to an hour? God wants to get out of the box. He wants to blow that box up. Point number two, every person has a longing that only God can fill. Augustine said it like this, there's a God-sized hole in every person's heart that only God can fill. So whether they're a Buddhist or a nun or a Muslim or a Christian lifelong, God is speaking, God is pursuing, God yearns to fill that place in their, in their heart and spirit. So the next two that we're going to be looking at today in part two is, is all about re-enchanting. So remember the metaphor of the cave. We're boxed in in this cave and we only see uh, a little bit of what the cave allows us to see. We don't see the beauty of the skies and the stars and the galaxies. We have this kind of closed in view. But once we come, the metaphor is once we come out of the cave into the presence of God, the awe and wonder of who he is and how much he loves us and the relationships that we get to be a part of, we need to have new lenses, new ways that we see the world. For me, Jake, one of the big, I guess, um, epiphanies over the last, I don't know, a decade or so has been how toxic division is within the body of Christ. And uh, here's, here's a quote from Hirsch and Nelson about division. As we come on, we need to come out of the cave. We need to put on these lenses of unity. Here's what they say about division. They point out that theological controversies and denominational splits are always built on an ever-reducing understanding of God and his church. The word, this is their quote, the word denomination literally means to define ourselves over and against one another, and that is inherently sectarian. So here is the epiphany moment for, for me. I would hear in a variety of different circles, people talk about, Jake, um, Luther and the Protestant Reformation, but they would be speaking from a Baptist or a Calvinist or a non-denom or whatever kind of lens. And there was a part of me that would be like, but, but Luther's, he's my guy. Or as Luther, he, he's our guy. <laughs> Here's what the Holy Spirit said. Uh, Tim, if you're saying Luther is your guy and other people are saying Calvin or Wesley's their guy, if you're pursuing those guys or even the Apostle Paul as the guy that holds all spiritual truth, you very uh, possibly may miss the guy. My one guy, his name is is Jesus, who came to, de- 
tear down those dividing walls of hostility and unite us by the power of his love, the cross and the empty tomb to him. So that's one way that, that I have been re-enchanting, re-understanding. And that doesn't mean I, I discount Lutheranism or anything like that. I respect it, but I recognize it's not the be-all, end-all to what it means to be a Jesus follower. We really have a lot to, to learn, right? It just takes that humble posture. Yeah, and I, I just reflect on, as a leader in the church, leaders that I had before me, not honestly, some of them not giving me a healthy dose of a splattering and a, a portrait of the Christian faith. Canvas. It was a canvas, a mosaic. It was always this one little slither. And so I got to college at a Lutheran university and I was pretty wound tight. I remember Aaron Gentili. I'm sorry, Aaron. Like wound tight like you loved or Lutheran? You're like a Luther or die? Lutheran. Yeah, okay. And so I uh, interacted with you, Aaron. And uh, she was from Saddleback. And I was like, oh, I don't know about not and And so I just went off on baptism and communion being this way, the right way. And I eventually, after she just uh, scolded me in the Lord through the Holy Spirit, (laughs) repented of that sin of judgmentalism and uh, control. And thinking that we had it all 100% right and they don't. And so other people like have the posture of Jesus of love to care and and see the different understandings of God through Jesus as a beautiful thing um not counter uh uh counter to what the Bible says um that's why so many people have interpreted the word I mean it's a beautiful thing to see the angle that they've brought to the tapestry of uh, God's theology so one of the favorite parts of this book for us that we liked was paradox. We are very comfortable in our um, understanding of the Bible of paradox, but sometimes um, we try to get out of that paradox a little bit as well. In a paradox, it seems really absurd and self-contradictory, but in fact, within a paradox, it actually proves that uh, we can hold together these two poles of difference in intention. So what are some of those profound paradoxes within the Christian faith we find in the Bible? Yeah, yeah, here are three of them is how can God be one? The Lord your God is one. Worship him and him alone and yet found in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How can Jesus be both 100% God and man? Add on to that, how can you possibly represent, understand Cognitively get it that Jesus is there, not just bread and wine, but four elements, not two. Also his, his body and his blood for the forgiveness of sins. There are so many paradoxes all over our Christian faith. So what if Christianity was never meant to be simplistic and two-dimensional flannel graph style as we've kind of made it? What if our desire to reduce and make God accessible and super simple is the very thing that keeps some from God. One of my favorite brothers is Bob Bloom. And here's what Bob says all the time. I want to be like Bob. Bob says, God is infinite. God is infinite. So I cannot reach up and grab and fully comprehend the infinite God. No, out of his mercy and grace, he has to descend. And he makes himself accessible. How? Through the means of grace, through the word, through the spirit, But it's the paradox of I will never fully understand the awe and wonder of God. I need to put on that paradoxical 
lens. I love this phrase. Wow. I love that the way they say. Yeah, I mean, you think about what else defines us with our new lenses for to see the world through Jesus's eyes. To have Jesus gives us this insatiable satisfaction. Wow, this insatiable satisfaction. So you're at the very same time perfectly content with with life, with Jesus, with his grace, with knowledge, but also perfectly discontent because there's always going to be more to learn, to discover. As our brother Bob talked about in his testimony, just that that like God is showing us from the micro to the macro his creation. But do you understand it all? No. But you have a whole, whole lifetime to just get a little glimpse of all of that, what he's made, what he's given you. Um, can you sense that paradox of kind of knowing a ton, but still having a lifetime to continue to discover? You're always going to be learning more. So I love the story of Nicodemus in John chapter three, right? Yes. What must I do? You must be born again. How can I be born again? He doesn't understand the metaphor, the divine mystery of being born again. I must become like, Jesus says, you must become like a little child. And what is, what's the posture of little children? They are just 100% dependent upon their mom and dad. They are amazed that, that their parents are taking care of them in beautiful, beautiful ways. They understand that they don't know everything. They got a lot to learn. Like mom and dad are taking care of them. They don't understand finances and putting together budgets and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like there's on, I want to be like that with God. I'm continually learning and growing, but there are some things that are just way, way beyond me. Insatiable satisfaction. And I think it's kind of a misnomer that once you get to heaven, the new heaven, new earth, when Jesus returns, that you're just going to know it all. But no, 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 you're not the creator. You're not the all-knowing one, God Almighty himself. You will always, into eternity, be uh, knowing a lot, knowing what's most important. Jesus is on the throne. He's right before me. My life is secure. I'm, I'm content perfectly, um, not sinning anymore. Wow, that's amazing. New perfected body. But yet, you'll still be inquisitive. Yeah. You'll still be asking the Father about this leaf and this tree and this root and this garden and asking these tough questions about the past, yes, but also about the future and he'll be giving answers as he sees fit. (laughs) You will have insatiable satisfaction. Curiosity and humility will be yours forever. What a day it will be, oh, hasten the day, King Jesus. Finally, the fourth section of the book talks about our need to relearn so that we can rightly engage with culture. Now, I really loved this section. We must become exegetes of our culture. We must become sociologists. What is piquing the interest on social media? What is popular uh, media saying? What is CNN and, and MSN saying? We're not going to be crippled by it, but we got to be aware of it. What's, what are the latest trends in, in fashion <laughs> and or music and in, in the arts? Like God is giving us glimpses into himself in the way we as a culture are continuing to evolve. And yes, there are struggles and we must be aware, but we're not just gonna denounce. We are in the world, but not of it. So let's be in the world with this fresh lens. Yeah, and you don't have to agree with everything. You don't have to say, yeah, I'm gonna take that on. You have to have ears and eyes and hearts that would discern. But I love in the book, it says, you might get frustrated, but instead... God invites you to notice the shards of broken glass of the divine 
and then you'll be uh, much more adept. So sometimes, you go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, all idols, this is great. All idols or uh, places of brokenness in our world or people who are not bending the knee to Jesus as King and Lord, all idols have broken shards of the divine. Yeah, I mean, you think about um, covetousness. Um, It's a desire for more which only Jesus can uh, satisfy. So it's like even in that sin, there's this shard of the divine and this need and this longing and Jesus provides. Behind sexual brokenness, sexual immorality is a desire for pleasure and unity with another uh, that's outside of you that only Jesus can fill. You see, it's broken shards of the divine. Yeah, you think about parenting and this idea of helicopter parenting mm-hmm. and control is really what that is. But it's a desire to keep your children safe, which um, is, is there. But Jesus can ultimately only be the one that can keep your kids and your family safe. Yeah. So become detectives. If there is one, one word that this this book has kind of brought to life for us is the invitation for you to become a detective of the divine. You know who you are. You're a child of God, dearly loved by God. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. And now the audacity of it all, as broken as you and we are, he calls you to be a detective of the divine. When I'm a detective, that means I'm putting on curiosity, not condemnation for people. I want to see the world through the lens of Jesus. I become curious about how Jesus lived his life, how he led people, how he lovingly challenged people, how he stood up to to power and and might. You know, I I want to become a detective both in the word and then out out in culture. We need more detectives, don't we, Jake? Yeah, and they listen and they actually sometimes speak less and ask really good questions to just be able to take in people's stories. And so there it is. There has been a reduction of the way that we can view God, but we don't need that anymore. We all have a longing then that only God can fill. Uh, We need to be a consistent re-enchanting to have a view of God uh, that works in the world. We need these new lenses to relearn how God interacts with each of us in our current culture. I just don't wanna reduce God down to this little doctrine in a book Uh, but to continue to discover the way that God has wired people, shaped people, shaped the world, and continue to learn that into the future. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Part two of Reframation. Pick up the book. Alan Hirsch, Mark Nelson, fantastic read. Sharing is caring. Get the word out about lead time and can't wait to bring you next Friday all sorts of amazing interviews and content. Jesus is on the move and we are proud of you because you're changing and eternities are are changing. Way to lead. Peace. Yeah, baby. Peace. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.